What's going on, guys? AJ here back again, bringing you yet another episode of the E1B2 Collective Podcast. You know, it's been a while, guys. Um, I think it's been almost 10 days since I've recorded any content. Um, And it's for many reasons. I think the first is I've been really head down trying to get the following projects either completed or fully off the ground. I'll just run through them briefly here to, to do a quick plug. Um, you know, Beyond Brand is going through a couple of different transitions and, and, and moments right now. There, there are two licensing and, and, and merger opportunities on the, t- <clears throat> excuse me, that are on the table that I'm excited about. We're also trying to determine and figure out the best go-to-market strategy at a one-on-one company level. So that's taking up a lot of time. Um, there's a an HR marketplace that's pretty exciting that we're trying to create. There's a uh, there's a company that I'm excited about that I just uh, closed a deal and got equity within called Sojo Signal that is doing a lot within the DEI space. Think of Beyond Brand, but exclusively for diverse candidates. Really excited about that organization. Um, you know, Beyond Resume and 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 my core eighteen collaboration. There's a, there's a lot happening on that side of the things as well. Um, Startup EX that acquisition has been closed, and so we're figuring out the final pieces of that, getting the websites redesigned, getting the material out to current clients, and figuring out where we can plug and play, figuring out what that what that long term plan looks like for growth. Um, so there's a lot happening, guys. So there's a lot of objective business reasons of why I have not made any content. And then, and then, excuse me, I don't know why I just stuttered there. <laughs> and then there are some um, some personal reasons why uh, content has not been made. You know, my mental health has been in a really interesting place as of late. Um, I think I think the pressures of being an entrepreneur and maintaining day-to-day revenue that can sustain your overall lifestyle while also trying to keep your decision-making structures and your accountability and your foresight so forward thinking that you can build long-term sustainable brands. It's a really interesting complexity and, and, and it brings its own level of pressures. And I don't know. So there's a lot of stuff happening on the personal front that has been putting me in a weird space mentally. And so a combination of all of those things has, uh, has allowed me to keep pushing forward day to day, but it's not given me a lot of energy to produce content, um, at the same rate and clip, because you guys know I usually would do about four episodes a week. So I apologize. I'm looking to get back into my groove now and my, my normal routine and uh, looking to bring value. So today, what am I talking about? Today, I'm talking about high potential employees. And so I'm actually going off of something that you guys know that I always have and I always will continue to work on until it's time to go in-house if that needs to happen. You know what's funny? I need to probably stop saying that because it, it's it's a it's a literal contradictory uh, it's contradictory to what my goal is, which is to build the E1B2 collective to ten brands that uh, are sustainable brands that you know overall produces maybe I don't know maybe fifty to a hundred thousand in revenue for me on a monthly basis personally. So probably he's doing ten to twenty million dollars overall. Um, and so as I keep saying that, I probably need to stop saying that because having it in your head that you're going to go back in house is completely contradictory to the fact that you're trying to build out a, a massive collective. So uh, let me stop saying that. But anyway, behind the scenes, you guys know that I'm working on a project that I call What Can I Do for an Org? 
excuse me, take a sip of the coffee. Uh, it's a breakdown of inevitably just just flushing out what I can bring. And one of those things that I wrote down is I have the ability to help design a high potential shadowing program that prepares next generational leaders in any given organization. And it's important because it will help prepare the next high level leader. So what am I talking about? Here's what I'm talking about, guys. What I want to do first is I want to define what I mean when I say a high potential employee. In my POV, I believe a high potential employee looks like the following things. I believe, number one, they have a nice, equal combination of EQ and IQ. And I believe they're very aware of that. And I believe they have a very deep desire to increase the capabilities on both of those sides. I also think a high potential employee from a social skills perspective has the ability to conduct teamwork at a collaboration level that is very fluid and very diverse, meaning they have the ability to plug and play contextual to different personalities, execution styles, and no matter what those environments look like, they will always be able to thrive. I think also from an EQ perspective, going back to that, they have the ability to manage and be aware of their emotions, whether especially, especially in times that are uncertain, difficult, and hard. Also, having the ability to notice when to fall back, when to push, when to pause, related to emotions, relationships, team dynamics, etc. And I go on and on to explain my definition of a high potential. Now, going back to the original thing, when I said I have the ability to design a high potential shadowing program, I believe that should exist. I believe that inside any given organization, you have lots of folks that are really dominant. You have, high, you have, you have lots of folks that are super impactful to the org. And then you have a few folks that are on the cusp of potentially being impactful to the organization. Let's call them high potentials. Now, those that were once high potentials, excuse me, and that are now super impactful to the organization tactically and emotionally, they should be supporting and guiding those that you deem to be high potential who can inevitably become that. And so I think my goal and something that I think I want to see more organizations do is kind of merge the two, build out interactions on a quarterly, monthly, daily, weekly basis, yearly basis, where you are taking both humans and you're putting them in moments where the former high potential who is now doing amazing things can shadow and prepare the one that is now a current high potential. And so let's get into the, let's, let's open up the hood a little bit. If a high potential says they have the ability to honor commitments in the face of diversity, conflict, wartime, and not just peace, and someone else is showing them the ability to potentially do that at times, and, and they're showing little glimpses of that, maybe you put them in a scenario where there is a moment where the, certain, the, the current person in the organization that is doing things at a very high level, and they're in a very difficult, you know, adverse moment, in a very difficult Con, you know, conflicting moment where things are not easy, but they're still able to project management. They're still able to handle other relationships inside the organization. They're still able to play at a high level. Maybe you take that person that is a high potential and you plug them in in that exact moment with the current person that has already proven to be able to do that. Maybe you allow them to sit in on those meetings, sit in on those phone calls, sit behind the scenes as they're trying to process and brainstorm exactly how they're processing and understanding the situation. Maybe if you're saying a high potential is someone that has the ability to look around the corners and figure out exactly what needs to be done and how to connect the two in difficult moments. Maybe, again, you allow the person that is a high potential to sit in with that person as those moments come up. 
And so I think what you need to do tactically and from an operational level, I, I believe on a quarterly basis, the head of people, the COO, the CTO, the CEO, all of the C-suite executives, and then in my personal opinion, all of the managers within the organization should sit, should sit down in a room or a Zoom call, however you want to do it. And you guys should be looking through the entire organization. And you should be handpicking out who are the high potentials right now? Who inside this organization can we raise our hand and say, you know what? They have a little bit of an understanding and they're showing a little bit of signs and all the things that we deem what a high potential is. And that probably is the first step. The first step is I think every organization needs to at least put a definition together of what they deem to be a high potential. What does that look like? Some folks think high potentials are tactical. Some folks think high potentials are merging between tactical and IQ. I mean, in EQ. Some folks think high potentials are you know, like a Draymond Green, if you will, in the sports world, someone that is maybe not amazing in anything tactically, but his ability to galvanize the team, his ability to lead, his ability to think so forward and so strategically, his, his ability to be such a visionary, his ability to make the right plays, make the right decisions at the right time that are so nuanced and subtle that that's a high potential. I don't think it's my job within this podcast to define for any organization or any person what a high potential contextual to your organization is or what, they, what, or what that looks like. But once you do understand what a high potential is and what that looks like, and you do have that definition, you should get that down. You should write down multiple bullet points of what that looks like and how you and what in a tangible level they will be doing that will raise your hand to say that's exactly what it looks like contextual to these bullet points here. And so getting back to the operations, I think on a quarterly basis, you sit down with your team managers, executives, C-suite, and you flush out and you outline who are all the high potentials here that we see. And then you look to your left or your right, however you want to formalize it, and you probably should have a list of the current folks that are just doing things at a high level that maybe were former high potential that are currently very impactful employees. And then you build out a system, like I said, to give them shattering opportunities. You give them a moment to sit in tactically when those when those current dominant employees are making decisions. You give them an opportunity to, you know, from a cross functional perspective, get foresight, get insight, get 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 access. And so what's the punchline here? The punchline is the following. If you can merge the two, if you can create kind of like a little mini marketplace inside your organization where you can have both folks connect and engage with each other, build camaraderie, build a relationship, share resources, share thoughts, share perspectives. The high potentials will now have a clear example and a tangible level of what it looks like to make these impactful decisions and continue to grow to being a dominant employee. And so what that's going to do for you as an organization is you're no longer not going to have to recruit externally. You're going to be grooming them within. You're going to be grooming them within contextual to the nuances and the problems and the moments that are contextual to your org. Because when you go to to find someone from another organization and bring them into your org, yes, they may be completely dominant. Yes, they they may be very tactical. They may be very uh, IQ driven or EQ driven or whatever the case is. But their experiences are contextual to the organization they've been experiencing over the last 20 years. It's not contextual to the experiences that you guys have within your organization today. 
So not only does it, it save you financial recruiting and talent acquisition bandwidth, time, and cost, but it also saves you speed and fluidity internally because you are merging the two folks. You're merging your high potentials today and you're merging your high potentials tomorrow and you're merging the, the folks that are completely dominant and you're putting them together and you're saving yourself time, money, productivity, and you're bringing more value to your organization today and tomorrow. And so it's something to think about this is probably already happening at scale. This is not rocket science, but it is something, though. It is something, though, that not, not enough organizations are doing at a very tactical level. And so I think the punchline to get back to the very last piece of the operations is when you sit down on a quarterly basis and you build out those moments where you can merge the two, when you merge the two, make sure those experiences, make sure those moments can be tracked and quantified. What exactly do you want them to see? What exactly do you want them to experience? Make sure you're going to your higher potentials and putting your E1B2 cap on and making sure the experiences that you're putting them in is contextual to the learning and development style that they personally have. So in some cases, maybe, maybe the shadowing is not their learning style. Maybe having the current dominant employee documenting in a word, in, in, in a word document everything that they're thinking, everything that they're doing it's a better learning style for that, for that high potential. Maybe it is just a shadowing. Maybe it's a merger between the two. Maybe it's a Q&A. Maybe it's a cocktail after. Whatever it is, I believe you have to be very empathetic to that employee and figure out what that looks like. And so just a few thoughts. Let me know what you think. We'll check in soon.